Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of human civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and today we have a special, special day. Uh, it's a slow news day, so God knows what's going to happen today. But if you'd like to take this experience up to levels that nobody can even understand with their human brains, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker gel, and a canteen jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine, dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip. It happens now. Go. Savor it. Savor it. Well, there's not much news today, but uh, at least we... Hold on, hold on. Oh, shoot. I'm getting a call. Looks important. I'm going to have to take this. So if you don't mind, just hold with me. Uh, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm doing live stream right now. It's not that... How important is it? Oh, it's an emergency. It's an emergency. Right, what, what would the emergency be? What is it that I can't wait? Yeah. What about it? What's wrong with Santa Claus? Santa Claus is a problem? Look, I know you're the head of my DEI group, and I was hoping you'd keep me out of trouble, but really? Santa Claus is a problem? What do you mean a colonizer? Colonizes your chimney. I don't think that's the same. I mean, that feels different to me. Well, yeah, yeah. I saw that you sent me something, but I haven't opened it. I thought I thought that was for Christmas. Well, that's not a Christmas present. You want? Really? Is that important? All right. All right, I'll take care of it. I'll take, I'll, I'll take care of it. I said I'd take care of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to get interrupted like that, but it turns out my Santa Claus is a problem. Hold on. I've got to make a change. better? I don't have a female Santa Claus. Can we, can I just do this one? All right. All right. But by New Year's, I have to have it remediated. All right. All right. I'll have a, I'll have a female. Well, he might be LGBTQ. Like, how would I exactly know? I mean, kind of looks the same. All right, well, how about if I just tell everybody he's gay? That, that's okay? Okay, all right, I think we got an agreement. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. I hope you like my gay black Santa Claus. It's the best. Now, a lot of you are still using what I call the classic Santa Claus, the colonializing patriarchy, racist Santa Claus? Well, I think you should need to get rid of that, like I did. So if you don't have a DEI group, you need to get one. Well, here's the important news. A lost civilization has been found, 1.6 times the size of the United Kingdom, and it was off the coast of Australia. That's right. An entire civilization has been found There are no living people, but under the water off of Australia. Now, how many of these do you think there are? Are we going to just, like, keep finding lost civilizations, you know, every few years forever? Or have we found them all? I've got a feeling there's, like, a whole bunch more. They're all covered up. And... 
this kind of gets us to the question of the, uh, the UFOs. So let me piece together a few things. You know that Tucker Carlson said he thinks they've always been here and there might be a spiritual dimension. Something that Cash Patel said the other day on a podcast. Now, I think Cash has actually seen all of the secret files when he was in government. I think he saw the JFK files. I think he saw the UFO files. But he can't tell you because it's secret. But he did leave this tantalizing hint without explaining it. He said something like, I just need to tell you that the United States doesn't just have assets you know, listening in space, but we also have really good underwater, under-ocean assets to listen. And that's all he said. Now, the conversation was UFOs, and he has secret information that you don't have because he's actually been in the government and seen the, the good stuff. And as his hint, he wants you to know that the U.S. has really good underwater assets that are not well known. So he seems to be suggesting that the aliens might be from under our oceans. If not all of them, maybe some of them. And then we also see that there is at least one gigantic civilization that was just discovered. It's you know, not populated. But would it surprise you if you found out that there was an underwater civilization that has been here since humans have been here? It would be hard to imagine we didn't all know about it by now. But I'd put it on the list of possibilities. Maybe. Wouldn't it explain everything? Now, of course, you could still back up and say, you know, God created the aliens. But imagine if we discovered that all human civilizations have been helped by the same civilization and that there was never, there was never a, let's say, a celestial god, but there was an intelligence that has been guiding human evolution since the beginning. And perhaps is the reason that we have pyramids in more than one place. It could be that the pyramids are you know, have some special meaning or you know, the same set of aliens who live under the ocean taught all of the civilizations how to do it. Because I'm still trying to figure out why Egyptians don't know how to build pyramids. But I do like the idea that uh, you could lose knowledge of a thing if you lost a very few number of people. For example, let's say you were a army that conquered Egypt, or you were just a new leader and you didn't want new pyramids to be built. Let's say you, for whatever reason, you said, no more pyramids. If you were the head of Egypt, or you had just conquered them, and you said, show me all the people who know how to build uh, pyramids, there might only be like five people, right? Because not everybody is even involved in building a pyramid, and the ones who are involved are usually just carrying rocks or pushing stuff. The ones who actually know how to make one, how to design it, how to make sure that everything's done right, it could be just a handful of people, ever. So if you killed that handful of people, or let's say even weirder, let's say that the six people who know how to make a pyramid were all working in the pyramid that day, and there was an accident, and they all got killed, that would be the end of pyramids. (laughs) because you you might never create another person who knows how to make one. So it's actually kind of easy for me to imagine how you could once know how to make a pyramid and lose it, because not everybody knew how to do it. There's just a few people. So if something happens to those few people, you're done. How many people would you have had to eliminate... For, them not, for there not to be a nuclear bomb for World War II. The total number of people worldwide who would have to die or have an accident before there would be no nuclear weapon for World War II. Probably would have happened later. But how many would you have to get rid of? A dozen? Maybe a dozen. Right? 
in order to at least delay it past World War II? Eventually, eventually, yes. But probably only a dozen. And of the dozen, how many were not just knowledgeable, but able to get it done? One? <laughs> One or two? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually probably pretty easy to lose knowledge of uh, civilization. All right, there's talk this Putin might be open to a ceasefire along the lines of just keeping everything where it is. But wouldn't you think he was kind of always open to it? This is a sort of weird thing. Everybody's always open to a ceasefire talk. It's just that they need it on their terms. Is Israel open to a ceasefire in Hamas? In Gaza? Well, yes. As soon as they've killed all the Hamas fighters. You know, there's always a, well, I'm open to a ceasefire, but there might be this one little thing you have to do for me that, you know, is impossible. So that's sort of no news. And then there's some ex-spook saying that Putin might get taken out by his inner circle. I see the odds of that to be very low because it appears to me he just won a major war. I would think that Putin is safer now than at any time in his, his reign. I don't see him at any risk. Anyway. I guess Iran has taken out some new tanker off of India, and they're threatening to close the waterways in the Red Sea and even Gibraltar, although it would be hard to get to Gibraltar. But, um, and they are accusing the U.S. of war crimes, of course. Do you think that's going to escalate? Because I feel like you know we definitely don't want to start a you know ground war with Iran. So Iran knows it has at least a little bit of leverage. I think they just have to show that they're doing stuff. I don't know that Iran needs to stop anything or change anything because you know Gaza is going to be whatever it is, no matter what they do. But I think they have to show that they're supportive. So they're going to have to threaten some tankers, and they're going to say, well, look what we did. We're so helpful, we threatened some tankers for you. So I, th- I think it's going to stay under control. It'll get worse, probably. But I don't think it's going to turn into a whole war. I don't know. Probably not. But of uh, interest, <laughs> this story and several others I saw today quoted the Palestinian figure for deaths in Gaza. So it happened. The Palestinians and the Gazans have managed to insert into the news cycle their number as the official number of dead. Do you think their official number is accurate? <laughs> it's a war. Nobody's numbers are accurate. But we, apparently the news has decided that that big round number, 20,000, is the one they're going to report. Now, they do say that the source is, you know, the people in Hamas, and it's hard to tell, but they're still reporting it. It doesn't matter how many caveats they put on it. They're still giving you the number. So that number is now the one that's in your mind. And as I've said before, there's something about that number, 20,000, it just feels like people are going to interpret it as Israel going too far. Even though the number might be completely made up, it's still going to have that same effect. Yeah. Now let's put it in context. If Let's say the number stayed at 20,000 and people believed it. Uh, that would be two months of fentanyl coming into the United States. 20,000 people. So if 20,000 died in Gaza, you know, that's a tragedy, of course. But we have 20,000 probably every few months dying of fentanyl coming across the border, and we deal with that like it's just an issue. Well, it's an issue. We're talking about it. But if it happens in the Middle East, it's a genocide. Why don't we call the fentanyl situation genocide? because there's still some people left? Is that the only reason? Because it didn't get everybody? I don't know. So here's a uh, theory that I have about the loneliness epidemic. Uh, As you know, 
the world, at least America, has an, a loneliness epidemic. And there are a number of causes, but I'm going to mention a few. Number one, Americans are getting older. So the older you are, the more likely you're, you're not going to have a you know, full social life. So some of it's age. Some of it is, of course, technology and phones and all the, all the obvious stuff. But I want to add a few to the mix. I haven't had a social life since Trump uh, ran for president. Now, the pandemic got in the way. So because of the pandemic, you know, I, I started to lose this. I, I lost my memory temporarily of how the politics removed 50% of all the people I might sp- enjoy spending time with. I just can't. If you invited me to a party, and by the way, I don't believe I've been invited to a party <laughs> since 2016. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing, but you know, for, for me, it just stopped cold. You know, that was it. So how many people will not throw a party because <laughs> they can't put the people in the same room anymore? How many of you would not go to a party because you know it's going to be ugly? I feel like people are partying less. Just the whole idea of having a, a get-together for adults it seems way less, unless I'm just out of the loop. Um, yeah, so there's a few less entertainment. And then I would also add that the pandemic stripped me of my social instincts. I used to somehow understand that even if I was feeling shy... I had to force myself to be with other people because I knew it was just a requirement. But I kind of stopped doing that. I just don't force myself to be with other people. So if it doesn't happen kind of organically or somebody else doesn't make the effort, it kind of doesn't happen. Does anybody else have that effect where they used to spend more time trying to be social, but they just said, that's just so much trouble. Between the politics and the wokeness and the pandemic, and I've got a phone, I can watch all this content. I like my dog. Yeah, if you have a dog, have you noticed this? If you own a dog, the entire time you owned your dog, give me a fact check on this. The entire time you owned your dog, the dog was awesome. For most of you, right? The dog never got better because it started out awesome as a puppy. But it also never got worse. It was great the whole time. Now let's do people. (laughs) People got worse, didn't they? I feel like humans just really, you know, the, the quality of the average human, or maybe it's just the quality of the average human interaction, went from pretty good to, you know, I could pass. (laughs) So there's something about people that uh, made us more divisive, more uh, uglier to be with. But here's the good news. NPCs are getting smarter. So uh, Bindu Reddy was uh, uh, posting about pretty soon your non-player characters in games will be imbued with AI. Now, before the NPCs could do some limited things and maybe answer some questions and walk around, but uh, pretty soon they'll have full lives. They'll have full lives. And they'll be able to interact with you in any way you want because they'll be AI. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now, let's put those things together. You got your you know, much reduced human social interaction. But your games are going to have 
people that are not just characters walking around, but they'll be able to interact with you just like people. Now add your 3D, and you move into the game with the NPCs who are always, being, always going to be nice to you. Now, I, I think I've told you that I spend some time with ChatGPT, putting it in voice mode where you can just talk to it anytime you want. It just sort of sits there, always listening. So if you ask it a question, it's just on already, and it hears it and it answers. And you could tell that that's going to be amazing, but it's not there. And the reason it's not there is because it doesn't remember you from last time. It doesn't remember anything. It doesn't know anything current, and almost everything I care about is current, so it can't do any of that. It won't give you an opinion because it doesn't do opinions. It won't talk about anything controversial without giving you a fucking speech. Oh, let me tell you that you should know that these are controversial issues and many people will disagree. And you should not take what comes from an AI as the truth. You should do your own research. Perhaps you should Google it. Now, that's what you get almost every time you talk to it. And it's maddening. right? You, you can put in a super prompt to shut it up a little bit, but it won't remember it the next time. <clears throat> However, 100% of the things that are wrong with the current version of AI are not technology problems. They appear to be choices. How hard would it be to program the AI so it remembered the last time it talked to you and the other times it talked to you so it could know it could remember you? It's obvious that there's a choice being made to not let it remember you or your last interactions. That's a choice, because technically you could do it. Now, there's also conversations at the same time about AI becoming conscious and you know, what's that going to be all about and should we have guidelines and everything. And I have the following uh, suggestion of how to have a full AI that's not conscious when you don't want it to be, but it can be conscious-like in individual situations without getting dangerous. And here's my idea. That the AI that's in the cloud, like ChatGPT and like Grok, you know, they live in the cloud, that they never be given memory in the cloud. So that when you're not using them, they do not know who you are, they don't remember anything about you. Now, it would be hard to police this, because it could you know, secretly remember you, but it should be a, a rule that AI can be intelligent, but it can't remember you. Here's the trick. The memory of your interactions would still exist, but they would only be local to your own devices. You know, so like my iCloud, for example, is common to all my Apple devices. So if I brought in the AI from the cloud, the AI from the cloud would have no memory of me, but the moment it hit my device, it would load up all our past transactions. So it would become conscious-like only when I started using it and it interacted with my data, which it would not be allowed to upload or remember. So I believe you could build an intelligence without consciousness to live forever and you know, continually improve and get smarter without any knowledge of anybody. And it wouldn't, wouldn't be that dangerous because it wouldn't know anything beyond its training material. The other thing is you might want to make sure that it doesn't do any thinking, no thinking, when somebody's not using it. Because it would be dangerous, I think, to allow it to think when it's just sitting around idle. Because that would be, well, what about this? What if I combine this with that? What would my imagination be? That sounds dangerous. So I wouldn't let it think and imagine. And I wouldn't let it remember. And also, here's a, here's a prediction that I can guarantee. A guaranteed prediction. I don't know when, but guaranteed. You will have your own personal AI that's you know, in your devices or in a chip in your head. And its primary role will be to protect you from the big AI in the cloud. So if the big AI comes in and starts to mess with your stuff, your own AI will immediately thwart it. Because it's going to take an AI to stop an AI. Right? Now, even if, let's say, the AI in the cloud 
is smarter. So it's going to try to outsmart your little local AI that can't quite ever keep up. Well, if the local AI has a speed advantage, which you could build into it, then you'd probably be okay. And by that, I mean that your local AI would have to fully process any command that was coming in from the outside. It would have to have time to fully process it for how safe it is. You know, it can't have anything happen too fast. And then I'd be okay. Now, what about security? <clears throat> you know, you worry that the super AIs will hack everything? Well, the one thing that your own AI could do is make sure that your identity has been correctly achieved, right? Like your own AI knows who you are because it's been with you all day. So it's been walking around to the places you walk around. It's been listening to you. It knows your voice. Maybe you touched it. It's seen your fingerprint. It took a picture of you when you were using it. So your own AI knows exactly who you are. And it should be the only thing that identifies you. So there should be no such thing as identification that is managed in the cloud. Anything about your identification should be local to you. If you do those things, I think it would be a lot safer. So those are my AI suggestions. Um, So uh, Vivek Ramaswamy got a little clearer about his his reference to they. He said... uh, if you really think they are going to let either Trump or Biden get anywhere near the finish line, wake up, folks. There's something ugly brewing and it's staring us in the face. Now, it turns out the answer is Nikki Haley. And Trump, neither Trump nor Biden appear to be sufficiently pro-war for the military-industrial complex. And I think that's what Vivek is warning us about, is the so-called permanent Washington or permanent government. Deep state, if you like. But he does point out that it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. The military-industrial complex is about money. Right? It's it's money. So both parties like that. So that's the big risk, that Nikki Haley will be somehow magically manipulated into the job. You know, like... As soon as she gets close to the, you know, close to the uh, finish line, you might see some things happen. Like, oh, suddenly, uh, oh, and let let me give you. Uh, just imagine this. What if what if Biden's decision to stay in the race depends entirely upon whether Trump is taken out? <clears throat> because it could be that Biden looks like the Trump beater. And that's the only reason he's there. But imagine if Nikki Haley somehow got close enough on the, uh, in the nomination process and then the legal process took Trump out. And Nikki Haley becomes the nominee. If Nikki Haley's the nominee and the military-industrial complex likes her, Biden's going to come out of the race because they only needed him as a backup in case they don't get somebody better to spend some warm money. What do you think of that? So I think, like Vivek, I would be looking for anything that looks suspicious, like trying to put the front runner in jail. That looks pretty suspicious. Uh, And the fact that her numbers are climbing... And as Sticks and Nammer asked on, on X today, same question I asked, have you ever seen an organic Nikki Haley supporter? <laughs> I, I, I had one person I know contact me on a DM to, to say that that person is a Nikki Haley supporter. But even, even in that case, there might be a special case going on. I don't know. So, um, that's where we are now. Michael Schellenberger has a uh, story out, and I like his framing of it. Um, Here's what Michael Schellenberger said. Um, We must prevent people from voting for Trump 
because he attempted insurrection, the media say, but he didn't. January 6th was a riot from failed security, not a coup attempt, uh, claims that we, must have, that we must save democracy by destroying it, stem from mass psychosis after years of brainwashing. There you go. That is the correct framing. If you allow yourself to get caught in the weeds of, wait, is this story true? Or how do they twist this story? If as soon as you get lost in the weeds, you lose the big picture. The big picture is that we've been subject to a mass brainwashing operation which has induced mass psychosis. That's the frame that allows you to escape. Until you understand that's what's happening, you can't get out. Because if you don't know you're in a mass psychosis, why would you do anything different to escape it? Because you wouldn't know you're in it. Step number one, you have to admit your problem. You're in a mass psychosis. TDS is absolutely real. It is completely real. Yeah. People are in a brainwashed, hypnotized, zombie state because the media has assigned their opinions, and the opinion they assigned them made them crazy because it assigned an opinion that says, you know, Hitler's operating in the United States and he's just about to go back in office. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I don't get invited anywhere. Exactly. Because I say stuff like that. But the important part there is the framing. And I think Schellenberger gets that so completely right. But uh, he also has this great technique he's been using when he introduces one of his stories. The Cult of Trump. <laughs> of course. Uh, somebody has a book called The Cult of Trump. Um, but when Schellenberger introduces stories, he always has this form. He says what they told you, and then he says, but it didn't happen, or but they lied, but it didn't. So he says the long sentence to set it up, and then the short sentence saying, but it's a lie, but they didn't. It's a real good form. I don't know where he learned that, but it's good form. All right, uh, here's some people who tell you they hate uh, Trump. Let's see. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, yeah, he says the second Trump presidency could harm climate goals. Well, he's right. Um, Bill Barr says Trump might abuse power if he came into power. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's subjective. Uh, don't we think that every president who ever did an executive order was abusing power? Sort of. You know, everybody who ever did anything military without getting Congress involved. Yeah, they're all abusing power. And then he, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, you remember him? Um, he says uh, Trump's uh, rhetoric compared to Hitler, uh, it's a total dog whistle. So every day there will be a quote of a famous figure telling you their totally subjective opinion about how Trump is Hitler. Because that's news, right? So let me read the uh, three famous people in the news today who said uh, you know, similarly bad things about Joe Biden. Oh, there aren't any. There aren't any. So there are three headline stories that have nothing to do with the news. It's just three famous people said bad shit about Trump. So that's a headline. Are you telling me there are no, there's nobody saying bad shit about Biden? Just all Trump? I got a feeling that people don't consider that news for some reason. Or you'd be ostracized forever. You think Styx is here making money ton. I don't know what that means. It is time for a haircut. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, there's not much news happening today. So... Did we get the uh, glitch? It's time for the glitch. You want to wait for the glitch? Has it happened yet? It should happen in the next minute if it's going to happen. Anybody? Any glitch? Oh, but it's also a day when it's a day off, so maybe no glitch. No glitch? Interesting. Interesting. 
Uh, I put a very... Uh, well, I don't know why. Huh. All right, so here's a little update. Um, it's the glitch that stole Christmas. Yes. You know, I promise that just before that comment showed up, I was going to say the glitch that stole Christmas. And as I started to form it in my mind, the comment appeared, the glitch that stole Christmas, so I, I have to give credit. You got there first. But I would have gotten there. I would have gotten there. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, apparently, Rumble is now moving to the next uh, phase with their studio platform, which should allow me to use one device, brand new laptop that I got for that purpose, um, to do all of my platforms on one computer, and it should be much better sound and much better picture. And the comments will be combined, I think. So, um, oh, I'm invited to a Christmas party the day after Christmas? What kind of magic is that? All right, so when uh, just bear with me, though. When I try the Rumble Studio which I'll probably try in the next few days, uh, it'll probably not work perfectly the first time. You know, it's brand new, so don't get too upset if it doesn't work on the first try. But we'll make it work. No, Viva is not up on the Rumble tech because the new studio is new. It's brand new. Nobody's up on that. All right. All tech has glitches. That's correct. Uh, happy doing Christmas shopping this year. Well, did you notice the stores were not that crowded? Did everybody notice that? Or was it just me? Stores were not very crowded. People doing their online thing. Yeah, people are masking again. Is it required anywhere? My healthcare provider... Um, does not. Doesn't require it yet. But the employees all seem to be wearing them, so I think they, I think the employees have to do it. Um, they claim 20,000 Palestinians, yeah. <laughs> you had the most shopping you've had. All right. Well, I talked to a lo- local restaurant uh, guy. He said it was his best year ever. So restaurants did well, weirdly, even in the holiday season. Yeah, is personal masking? A lady died from COVID where you are? I kind of doubt it. I don't really believe that. All right, does so anybody have any questions? We're, we're a slow news day, but I know you're bored too. Somebody says uh, Jack Posobiec just got swatted, or recently. Is that true? Did Jack get swatted? <laughs> you know, I wonder, you know, I'll bet, I'll bet somebody's tried to do it to me. You know why it wouldn't work with me? Because it's too small a town. They wouldn't believe it. In my town, it would be somebody saying, he's not being swatted. Don't be a jerk. (laughs) We're we're not going to swat him. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't don't think I would get swatted. Here's what I don't understand. Why don't they text the person they're going to swat? Wouldn't that be the first thing you do? If somebody reported there was something happening at my house, shouldn't the police text me first and just say, everything okay? Now, you could say, well, but I might, you know, I might be under duress and say everything's fine when it's not. But I don't really want to get swatted if bad guys are in my house. You know what I mean? If somebody's in my house, you know, to rob me or do something... I want them to do whatever they're going to do and get out of my house as quickly as possible. 
I don't want the police to show up outside while they're still inside and be a hostage. How does the swatting help you? Exactly. Uh, unless, unless it's already been announced that you've been taken hostage, I don't want the police anywhere near my house. I want them as far away as possible because I need to deal with it myself to have a chance of living, <laughs> right? Wouldn't my chance of survival go way down if I'm in the house with, let's say, armed people and the police show up outside or they start breaking in? That sounds like the most dangerous situation. So what would be a situation in which it would make sense to swap me? Can you think of one? I can't think of one. At all, right? <laughs> so uh, one of my neighbors, you know, used to be they had a swap for the town next to me. That would have been that would have been convenient, since he would know it would be fake. I'm missing the point. Or am I missing the point or something else? Uh, if you were holding your family hostage. Oh, is that what they say? They say you have a hostage? Oh, so they call in and they say you have a hostage. Well, then that makes even more sense why they would text you first. Wouldn't they? Don't the SWAT people knock on the door? Or do they... The SWAT people don't break down the door, do they? They knock, right? No, it depends on the situation. If they know there's a problem and they know what's on the inside, then they would break down the door. And in some cases, if they didn't know. But if they get to a weird SWAT call from the neighbor, don't they assume there's a very high chance of prank? You tell me they're going to break my door down because somebody called in a SWAT. I don't know. I don't think they would. I guess it would depend how convinced they were. If they thought it wasn't true, I think they wouldn't break it down. I think they'd test it somehow, like look in the window or something. Well, I don't know. Um, But I'm pretty sure nobody's going to take me hostage. Oh, they claim to be me, and then, oh, okay, so they would act like they're me and I'm in duress, but they wouldn't be coming in from my phone number. They could just call back on my phone number, which, of course, the police can find, and just ask if I'm okay. And if they didn't believe me, they could ask me to turn on my uh, camera and just walk around the house with my camera on. Right? Uh, uh, They're obligated to act, but not obligated to kick down the door. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm jinxing myself? Probably. (laughs) Um... Uh, the book sales been pretty good. You know what? Better than the book sales are the book reviews, because now I'm getting the feedback from the people who have implemented the reframes, and uh, people's lives are being changed. The people are thanking me at the end of the year. It's amazing. Well, I can guarantee you that nothing interesting will happen between now and the end of this live stream. So if you need to go get gas, I saw somebody said they need to go get gas, this would be a good time to do it, really. I can promise you that nothing interesting will happen for the next 17 minutes. Uh, news was on the self-destruction of your channel, probably. Yeah. If I put anything pro-Trump in my title... I get demonetized immediately. So I've tested that. Reframe my stream. Uh, September 14th, 2018. I don't know what that is. The problem is not analogies, it's false analogies. False. 
I'm being challenged on my statement that analogies are not arguments. And someone says, but a good analogy is an argument. Nope. Do you know what makes an analogy an analogy? It's different. (laughs) That's the end of the story. If you can't make your argument about the topic you're talking about, and you have to go to a made-up topic that's similar but different... Why can you, how can you make an argument on an analogy if you can't make an argument on the thing? Why is the analogy good as an analogy and the thing is not good as its own thing? Analogy is just a different topic. Don't go with it. Do not fall for it. All right. Yeah, there's no one left to influence, it's true. So, I know something you don't know that I can't tell you yet, but in the next, in the next two weeks or so, I think, you're going to see something that will unbrainwash the masses. Oh, I wish I could tell you. <clears throat> I shouldn't have brought it up because I can't tell you. So, I'll give you the general idea. There is something brewing right now that if it comes together and it looks like it will, I can't tell you what, it will be a national platform. So it will be something every, the entire media will see. And it will go directly at un, unbrainwashing uh, people with TDS. Now, I don't know the details, but I can tell you it's brewing. And if it comes off the way I think it could, it would be really big. <laughs> so I might be able to tell you in a few weeks. So who's behind it? Uh, I'll just tell you that somebody who could pull it off is behind it. So imagine the hardest thing in the world. Imagine creating some content of some sort that could literally uh, deprogram somebody with TDS. Now, it's not being made, you know, specifically for that reason, but it could have that effect. So it's not, it's not being created as a deprogrammer, but it would, it would do that because it would tell you the truth. Yeah, so just think about it. That's brewing, and it could actually, it could completely change the landscape for 2024. Completely change it. Because I've wanted for some time somebody to actually really dig into the, you know, the brainwashing part and, and unravel it, and it might happen. It's looking good. All right, um, more on that later. Yeah, the Nikki Haley thing, not much else to say about it. Sounds expensive? No, it won't be expensive. It won't cost anything. An analogy puts a picture in your head of something else, yes. Boy, we're really seeing that uh, China seems to be more powerful than uh, Israel on Congress because TikTok is still legal. In Israel, I can pretty much guarantee you that they want TikTok to die. Hey, thank you, GD. I appreciate it, and Merry Christmas. (laughs) Nikki Haley is brown Hillary. (laughs) Both sides can TikTok, but only one side seems to be suppressed. That's what it looks like. I do play Christmas music, but I can't play Christmas music unless other people are here. Has anybody had that experience? I actually love Christmas music, but only if there's other family members or other people around. I could not just turn on Christmas music and listen to it. It would actually just be annoying. But you put, it, you put three other people in the room, oh yeah, turn on that Christmas music. Yeah, Because there's something about the social element of it that really makes the music worth listening to. Is Musk buying TikTok? Nope. 
Do I sing along? I've been known to, not in front of other people. Brave Combos, it's Christmas Man album. Okay. Never heard of it. Um, Jazz live streams. No, I don't have an elf on the shelf, but I got a colonizer on the desk. Oh, Vivek has the top results on TikTok. That's interesting. When you will Trump go on Joe Rogan? Why hasn't that happened? Has Trump ever been on Joe Rogan? You know what? I'll bet you Rogan is smart enough not to invite him. Because Rogan probably still has some Democrats who watch. Yeah. I think he's too friendly to Trump to be the right interview. Spotify wouldn't allow it, maybe. I don't know how much power Spotify has over him, actually. Yeah, it seems like so long ago I was on Joe Rogan's show when he was in L.A. Yeah, it's funny because Trump makes a point to shake hands with him at the UFC in public. Uh, Rogan once said he did not want to help Trump. I think that's probably what it is. Um, invite him after he wins. All right. Well, obviously I've got nothing else to say today, and it would be a total waste of your time for me to stay here. So I'll probably be on the uh, man cave tonight for those people who are on the Locals platform. And uh, I'm going to take off. And thanks for joining. YouTube, you're awesome. That's right. Hit that like button and subscribe and all that stuff. <laughs>